Good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship this this morning, and it's so great to have each and every one of you here. We're going to be gathering today around with the music around the angels. It's um, it's difficult being in this type of a Christmas season. In fact, Pastor Dan told me his the sermon title today is Christmas in a Minor Key. Christmas in a Minor Key, and um, the first song we're, we're going to sing together is It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, and I've always been attracted to this song because it, the last part of the song says, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. And I always feel about this time in Advent right before Christmas that it's a moment, a moment comes where I need to hear that again, and particularly this year. I'm going to read the shepherds part of the Christmas story, and then we're going to come into this. And just a reminder... We have some words here. You can, you can, um, if you didn't get them yet, there's a packet of words with a packet of uh, the words for the songs today. But also online, you can get them on our uh, the link that Bogishiro put up there. But listen now. This is Luke two, starting in verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Lord, we ask that as we gather here today that we would hear these angel voices and that you would give us the opportunity to also hurry our hearts, hurry our minds to you. We use this as a moment to pause the buzzing in our heads and to pause the anxiety of our hearts. Be with us now as we open our voices, proclaiming the mysteries of your, of your birth, remembering the glory of that day and today specifically to rest beside the weary road. It came upon the midnight clear the glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold peace on the earth could will to men from him's all gracious king the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing
to throw the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled and still their heavenly music floats for all the weary world Above its sad and lonely pains the land in hovering wings and never over its Bible sounds the blessed angels sing. And she beneath life's crushing load whose forms are bending low who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow look now for golden golden hours come swiftly on the wing oh rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing oh rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Oh, come, oh, come. in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel and Emmanuel shall come to thee O Israel Come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, thou day spring, come and cheer. Our spirits find thy advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night And its dark shadow put to fight Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O Israel 
find no people in one heart and mind that envy, strife, and corrosives fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. prayer, Lord Jesus, is that in the midst of the chaos and even in midst of the hardship that we go through, our prayer this, this Christmas season, this Advent, is that, yes, you would come and that Emmanuel, Lord with us, that would be something that we understand in new ways. As we enter into the time of the sermon and your word, Lord, we pray that you would come, that Emmanuel being with us now would be as we open your scriptures and as we open your word so that once again we can we can hear your voice to know what it is you have called us to do and to be. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we'll invite up Pastor Dan. So, you know, he's he's been so kind to be here on multiple occasions now, bringing the word to us. He, he has such a, an amazing legacy as a pastor. And um, he also wasn't just a pastor. Uh, at one point also, he... Uh, left the the church world and went off to lead to be the director of an organization called Lifewater. I'm not sure many of you know this about him. Um, uh, it's an organization that that strives to bring to provide fresh water to to people who don't have that. And um, so Dan's heart, Pastor Dan's heart is is with the church and also just with the world. And also if you didn't know this, he was a, a founder of the ministry that Pastor Christie now leads, Impact and and he is still the president, sits on the board of that organization. So um, it is it is a gift each and every time that we get to have him here and that he opens the word to us. So, Pastor Dan, the time is yours. Thank you, Jonathan. And it's, uh, it is good to be here and be with you. And I always appreciate um, Jonathan asking me. Uh, we at our house, I don't know about your house, but we at our house, uh, are working to try and find some rhythm. Uh, so one person said to me the other day, it, it, every day feels like Blur's Day. And, and uh, it does, you know, every day begins to blend into the other every day. And, and the other thing I've noticed, I don't know again about you, but I always think, well, okay, I can get that done tomorrow and, and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I don't get as much done as I think I should get done with this pandemic and having nothing to do really and so it it, it becomes really a, a, a fascinating thing this pandemic and the lockdown this morning um, the song that Jonathan just sang I want to read some of the words to you um, just so that we can go through them once again um, to hear the words because I think uh, for me 
they capture the season well. Hi up there. We have people coming in from all angles. Okamokami Manual and Ransom Captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. And then in a minor key, rejoice. Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. And we're going to fix this up. Jonathan, now can you hear me? <laughs> o come thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in her way to go. O come desire of nations bind in one heart of all humankind. Bid thou our sad division cease and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, shall come to thee, O Israel. So, that song has captured my heart and mind this Christmas season, uh, and I and I um, offer it to you as an offering. And uh, it's uh, it's as we enter into this Christmas season, and it's so strange, isn't it? I mean, we, we're so used to going to the mall and hearing all the Christmas music, and I, and I hope I hope that you've had some. Christmas music on at home, but and this Christmas, for whatever reason, and I know the main reason is this COVID thing, is that the words of Christmas songs have, have taken on a new significance to me. And some of it, some of it seems so uh, fluffy and, and kind of meaningless, you know, jingle bells, jingle bells or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and we kind of go like, well, that's, that's cute. But right now, in face of, of a pandemic, we, we kind of go like, ah, that feels so, so frothy and, and meaningless. Um, and so, so the songs, even some of the songs that we've sung for years, I remember back at, being a pastor up in Ventura for a number of years, and and every Christmas Eve we would sing um, at, on Christmas Eve. The last thing we would do is we would sing Silent Night, Holy Night. What a beautiful song! And and we would go out into the night singing Silent Night, Holy Night. One particular Christmas early on in my tenure there. Um, I, I thought it was a great idea that we, we go out and sing Silent Night, and it was probably the first time we did it. And, um, uh, and I said, let's go out, not thinking it completely through, let's go out singing Silent Night, and let's circle the building. And we all had our little electric candles, and, and uh, people filed out and, and tried to circle the building, but 
What happened was that they all ended up kind of being by themselves out there, spread out around the building, and no one could hear anybody else. And they were all trying to sing Silent Night. And, and, and I don't, it, it was just, and everybody just kind of fizzled away. It, it, was, it was one of those moments that you think like, I should have thought this through a little better. But silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And then in the face of all the stuff that was going on, even in Jerusalem at that day when the Romans were oppressing the people of Israel, it was oppressive, it was dark, it was mean. People were hanging on crosses along their main pathways. It wasn't all as calm. It wasn't all as bright. And, and, it, and it, just, it just hangs there sometimes. And you kind of go like, wait a minute. And now with the COVID, it, it, it also just feels like I'm singing into the night. I'm, I'm singing a song that, that doesn't quite fit with reality. And that's why I like this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Because it, it's, it's sung in the minor key. It's sung as the reality that darkness is dark and darkness is oppressive. And, and, it, and it kind of holds us in its grip. There's a, a Benedictine sister, Joan Christer, and, and she, she captures it, I think. She writes quite a bit about how darkness is used as, as a, a tool of torture. Uh, because it's, it's psychologically when, when we're in the darkness, it's so difficult. And she says this, simple as it may seem, when the lights go out, we simply lose our bearings. The density of the dark makes it impossible to fix our position anymore. We find ourselves alone in the universe, untethered and unprepared. Lightlessness leaves us no internal compass. Let me read that again. Lightlessness leaves us no internal compass by which to trace or set our steps. Unlike the blind, few-sighted people ever learn to develop our senses enough to rely on them for information about the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Interestingly, interestingly, it is those who consider themselves sighted who are most limited without light. It is those who consider themselves sighted are most limited without light. And so in the end, the dimness, the darkness, undermines the average sighted person's self-confidence, affects their vision, leaves them totally and totally vulnerable to the environment and out of touch with people around them. And that is only the physical effect. The darkness of the soul is no less spiritually punishing than the loss of physical light in the psyche. We talk about faith, but cannot really, in many ways, tolerate faith because it asks us to walk by faith and not by sight. 
want to read for you out of 1 John and listen to how it compares with what Joan Christer has to say. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, Jesus, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he, Christ, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of his son purifies us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you ever remember a time when the lights went out? Think about it. Remember a time when maybe you were driving and the street lights went out and you couldn't read the street signs and you were in an unfamiliar area? A time when you were trying to do something at the house at night and somebody hit a power pole and the lights go out? And, and it's so disoriented, even in your own home, even when you think you know where the flashlight is and you find it and turn it on and it uh, doesn't work. I can remember as a kid, the lights going out and, and our parents finding the matches, the wooden matches and striking the match and just a little bit of light and finding our way around the house to get a candle and, and set it up in the house. Remember those, remember those nights? And, 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 and the light becomes so amazing when the darkness pushes in. The scriptures say that the light shines in darkness, but, but it doesn't say that the light overcomes the darkness. Somehow, it's like, it's like walking on a path at night in the mountains. Ever done that? Ever walked in a path in the mountains? And you want your flashlight, or as some people call them, the torch. We want, we want our flashlight, and we want it on the path so that we can see where we're going. And, and every now and then, if you've ever been there, at night, it's a little spooky. And you hear something in the forest, and so you turn your flashlight off the path. And the path is dark, and you can stumble. It's important that the flashlight light the way and light our path the whole time. And so Christ, Christ comes into our world but the darkness is still there and we have a choice in our lives of whether to face the darkness or face the light. And when we face the light and move toward the light, it becomes brighter. You've all been, you've all been there out on the night, at night and, and seen a, 
a, a little speck way, way off in the distance. And slowly as it comes toward you, it gets brighter and brighter. It could be the train on the train track. It could be the car coming down the road. It could be somebody with a flashlight. But as it gets closer and closer, it gets brighter and brighter. And the closer and closer we come to know who Jesus is, the brighter life becomes, the more it becomes an understanding of what's going on around us. And it opens up our pathway to other human beings. We have fellowship one with another. It says not necessarily with, it says, not, it doesn't say with Christ. It says with one another. It opens up the pathway of life so we have a relationship with other people, which is also so important for our wholeness and our well-being. Scripture says in Isaiah that the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The shepherds, the wise men, saw a light in the distant. And what did they do? They followed that light to understand the source of that light for what was going on in the world. And they followed it to a manger and found a baby who was Christ the Lord. And they worshipped that baby. I, it, it's just somewhat beyond my understanding. I mean, I've lived with it all my life and heard the story all my life, but if, if you put yourself in their position to find a baby in a manger, in a stable, in a cow dung pile, and worship him as the Lord of the universe, they saw a light, they followed the light, they turned their life toward the light. Sometimes, sometimes we turn away from the light. Sometimes we say, I'll find my own way. Yeah, and it's dark. And that never seems to turn out very well when we say we're going to find our own way. And so this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is so profound for me. Because it's like a lament. It's like in the middle of the pandemic, we're trying to say, rejoice, rejoice. But it's a minor key because we're aware of the darkness. Some people deny the fact that there is darkness. And, and they, they try and live as if, as if nothing is wrong out there. there there's a story maybe some of you heard it in the news the other day of somebody in North Dakota uh, who denied the reality of COVID and said it doesn't exist. And, and, and so they didn't wear a mask and they didn't social distance and they didn't do all the things that they were supposed to do. And they got COVID and they had to go to the hospital because they couldn't breathe. But all the time, this person was saying, well, what do I have? And they kept telling him, you have COVID. And he says, no, I don't, it doesn't exist. And the guy died from COVID, denying the reality of COVID that exists. 
If we deny the darkness, says the scripture, if we deny the fact that there's sin out there, the truth does not dwell within us. You see, men and women, when we understand that there is darkness and we have the lament, we look for the source of light that come in to us and dwell in us. There's not only a physical darkness, but there is a spiritual darkness. Some people experience the darkness of the soul and have not experienced the light of life in Jesus Christ. And so this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is so profound when we understand because it understands that there is darkness, but there is also a source of light that shines on our path so we can see where God wants us to go. And the closer we get to the light, the more light there is. Have you ever noticed trying to, to um, pull out a sliver out of your uh, hand or, or, or arm and there's not enough light? And so you keep, you keep trying to get the focus of the light so you can see better. And, and, and so Christ is saying to us that the light is what we need of Jesus Christ on our path, in our life, on the way, in our soul. The simple truth, again, is the closer we get to the light, the better we can see, the better we can understand, the more we can come into relationship with other people because we see and understand who other people are redeemed, a creation of the living God. In this time of, of social turmoil, in this time uh, of, uh, of struggle of people and families finding themselves divided because of, of political ideology, it is so important to move toward the light of Christ to open our eyes and see other people as God's creation, not as ideologues, but as people, as human beings who are also looking and searching for Christ the light. And as we come into that light, we see one another and can accept one another as forgiven in Christ, as God has forgiven us, so we can live and forgive and be with one another, regardless, regardless of the political position that somebody might hold. It is the light of life. And so those, those wise men and those shepherds, they were seeking out to understand the light of life, not only externally, but internally, so that they could follow Christ. But this song picks up again, that minor key, that the reality is that there is still darkness and, and it still can press in. And it does with this COVID thing. Just yesterday, there was something like 13,000 new cases of COVID in our country alone. It's crazy, men and women. And you know that, I know that. And it, but in some ways, in some ways it's helpful because it pushes us to the fact and the reality that darkness and brokenness exist 
and that we need a Messiah, that we need a Savior. And so in our lament, we sing, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, O come to us, O come to us. Because we sit in darkness and the light comes to us. And as we recognize that Christ, as we put ourselves in his presence, it becomes so much better. It is indeed a parallel between the physical light and the spiritual light. And in Christ lights our soul and the torch lights the path. And if we take the light away, it's darkness once again. And so as we come to this season of Christmas, as we come through this season, and it's this Sunday, if we had an Advent wreath out here, it, the, it is the third Sunday of Advent and it is the Sunday of joy. But that joy again is realized within the minor key because there is darkness, but there is light and we light the light of Jesus Christ in our season of Advent. As Christ comes and is born into the world, as Christ comes and is sacrificed for our sin on the cross, Christ brings to us the light of life. And, and, and we come to the realization that, that as the catechism, Westminster Catechism first question says, what's our only hope in life and in death? And the answer comes back to the catechism, which is always a question and answer catechism. Our only hope in life and in death is that we belong not to ourselves, but we belong body and soul, body and soul to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as that reality presses in, as, as Advent comes and we light the candle of joy, the light of Christ floods our soul. And even though the joy, joy is a minor key, we can with full throat and in a ma major key sing joy to the world. The Savior has come. Let earth receive her King. The words become so much more significant in the light and the reality of the darkness which COVID presses in on us. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. The Lord is come. May this Christmas for you be a time that you find time. And, and it's really so hard to carve it out. But find the time to spend recognizing Jesus as Savior, as Lord, as light of the world. Spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, and may the light of Jesus shine brightly for you against the darkness. Like, my, like when I was the little kid and my parents lit the match, may the light of Jesus be with you and for you this Christmas season, and we can sing the song, Joy to the World, The Lord is Come. Let earth receive her king. Amen.
Jesus, thank you for your word to us this morning. May your light shine in our darkness. And Lord, as we sing in a minor key, joy, joy, rejoice in Christ. Amen.